And now, the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo, talking slightly louder than Dylan. And slightly slower. Um, I was trying to do this real quick. Oh. Um, no, I, it really doesn't matter. Um, how are you doing, Andrew? <laughs> I, I'm I'm living. I just got off a eight-hour shift at, at, at the Target, and uh, yeah, I'm living life. How are you, Dylan? Oh, you know, doing so well. Love recording at 8.30 at night, the day yep. before I'm going to edit this. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, it's better this than chainsaw in the background. Yeah, that which is was the other option. <laughs> that was the other option because I couldn't record in my basement because my dad had a meeting and uh, there was a very large tree being chopped down right when we were <laughs> recording. Yeah. Um. So you're welcome, Chalk Squad. We, yep. we we sacrifice a lot for you. It's true. Um. So uh. So <laughs> we're here to talk about. Uh, yet another episode of the Blackheart Saga, another episode on Darkness Before Dawn. This time it's track four, Gathering Thunder, mm. which is uh, episode 326 of Adventures in Odyssey as a whole. Yeah, I this is like, I, I have reached the point in which my memory of the show has completely uh, dropped off. <laughs> like, I'm, this is like, listening to it then... It's, it comes back, but, like, I have no clue what happens from here on out. Like, when they say the boss, I have no clue what they're talking about. I think it's Blackard, but it could be Glossman. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's fair. Who knows? Um, so, not me. So, uh, you know, yeah. Jock Squad can rely on me for an honest take, because I have there you no go. remembrance of this. Yeah. The, uh, the episode first aired August 5th of 1995. Um, and it's an episode written by Marshall Younger and directed by Paul McCusker. This the is dynamic duo. The only episode on this album that Marshall Younger wrote. Wow, which is crazy because he's like the third top, you know, Odyssey writer. Yeah, behind and McCusker and Lawler. Quite and this a is... large. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, the to to pull a bit from the official guide here. Uh, he he brought up that um, that they these sorts of episodes just weren't his strength at this point in his his career, um, and he did write a second episode um, called Betrayed, but that episode was cut. Um, they just didn't have room for it in the schedule. Um, so, that episode would have seen the Israelites. Um, losing sight of their mission and dismantling the Bones fort. Oh. I mean, that would have been interesting. Yeah. I would have I would have liked to, to have seen that. I always thought that the Israelites were a really good bit, and I hope that Odyssey brings them back at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, Israelites round two, let's go. What else do you have going for you now? You already disbanded the, the, the Parker Jones Detective Agency, so, like, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Or I assume that went through. I don't know. That was brought up in that one episode we listened to, and I haven't checked in since. Yep, me neither. <laughs> Honestly, um, here. <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's a it's a pretty solid episode. I, yeah. I, was, I was happy with it. Do we, uh, do we have any notable cast members this episode? Yeah, so so we have um, Steve Bridges uh, returning to the show. Um, in this episode, he plays um, Doug, um, mm. the dude who makes the phone call at the at the park, and he also plays Champ, <laughs> who is the Rocky character on the on the movie at the theater. Yep. Um, however. The official guide refers to that character not as Champ, but as Rock. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I he really like the called idea Champ of them in going the dialogue, but he is also called Rock in dialogue that I guess we don't really hear, but was written. They have the entire dialogue of that scene written out in the guide, and uh, we're definitely gonna do something with that in a bit. Okay, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um uh uh, oh so so steve bridges uh is a name that you people uh 
may know. You people. Um, because the Chalk Squad might, <laughs> might recognize uh, because he was uh, he was Stephen Dwight, um, which would be Dwayne and Jared's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and also he played uh, Kyle Chambers, um, who was the love interest in the uh, Twilight Zone episode where the person got trapped in a mall for like 30 years. Oh, yeah. So, deep cut for anybody who likes the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I know there are some of you out there, specifically Johnny, who reached out to me this past week to say that they are a fan. So Thank you, Johnny. You are a hero. appreciated. Um, Honestly, the fact that one person liked it enough to reach out, like, that, that is enough fuel for us to do something just as equally publicly despised. <laughs> <laughs> um... We, we also have Walker Edmonston, um, in addition to playing Bart in this episode, playing uh, the manager for Champ slash Rock. Um, yeah, that, that, you can definitely hear it. Yep, you can. Um, and we've got uh, fa- show favorite uh, Steve Burns playing the theater employee. Um, Steve Burns is, is Rodney and also Mitch. Um, and... I'm curious to know if you picked up on this. So Jerry Hauser plays mm-hmm. Jellyfish. Yeah. Without having looked beforehand, do you know who else Jerry Hauser plays? No, but I really recognize his voice. Okay, because I looked beforehand and then it was all I could think about. Um, and it is the fact that Jerry Hauser voiced Ben Shepard. That uh, makes a lot Aubrey of sense. And Beth and his dad, that makes a lot which, of sense. Uh huh. He's doing a very similar voice, and I'm sure it was a thing of like they had him in doing jellyfish and really liked working with them, and we're like, all right, we're gonna hire you on for like a character who's gonna continue being in the show once jellyfish is gone. Mm-hmm. But it uh, it stands out because he is not doing that different a voice. Yeah, no, it's pretty it's pretty transparent. Um, oh, I mean, I I could just bring up the fact that as a weird tidbit in the in the official guide, we find out that uh the name Jellyfish came from a San Francisco based rock band of the same name. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean Not that makes a lot more sense animal. than somebody Yeah, like just I mean I like how they address it a little bit in the episode of being like, that's a strange name. Yes. But, like, also, yeah, that's a story that I do want to hear. <laughs> All right. I'm going to roll the promo then. I think that that covers what I wanted to hit on off the top. It's gang warfare on the next Adventure in Odyssey. When a master criminal takes over the bones of wrath, Odyssey's vandalism battle turns into war. It's only the beginning of a classic contest between good and bad, where even good guys must suffer for doing what's right. Choose your side next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Where even good guys must suffer for doing what's right. As opposed to all the bad guys who suffer for doing what's right. Yep. And also, like, what, <laughs> they what are they the expecting? They like, on the wrong spot there. They're saying pick a side. Like, can I pick Bones <laughs> of Wrath? Like, can I do that? <laughs> they got a better name. They, they, we, we've talked about it time and time again. I know. It's too good a name. It's too good a name, and also, like, I mean, they're, you know, they're the veterans. They've been, they've been terrorizing Odyssey for years. Yeah, though they haven't been doing a great job of it of late. Yeah, uh, if I was, if I was have... a betting man, you know, I'm, I'm picking the, I'm picking, I'm picking age and experience. Yeah, I mean. Also. That's your own prerogative, that, that, man. That, that, that promo was very strange. Like, Warfare? I have I have a lot of I have a lot of theoretical issues with the Israelites' plans that yeah, I need to. Yeah, we will get into it. Yeah, okay. Because I am okay. I am willing to 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 play that whole thing out with you because uh, they're not great. No, no. Like I was I, and it was really <laughs> only upon like you know this second listen through that I was like, 
wait a minute, there are so many ways that you could have done this and it didn't end badly. Yeah. We'll get into it. We will get into it. So, uh, much like every episode so far of this album, uh, we start up where we left off. Exactly. With uh, Connie, Sam, Billy, Lucy, are all in, in the cave, the Israelites' hideout. Yep. An undetermined cave that has not been talked about, but uh, canon is the secret cave of Robin Wood. And I will not take any other answers to that. That is... That is my headcanon. I don't think it's headcanon if there's actual evidence to support it. There's actual evidence, but it's never verbally confirmed as far as I know. Okay, that's fair. So, it's headcanon. Okay, okay. In, in, a, loose, in a loose term. Yeah. Uh, so, this is when uh, we get the whole, basically, Connie and Lucy are getting caught up on, like, what the Israelites are and what they've been uh-huh. doing. And Connie yep. is absolutely an idiot okay i'm glad i'm glad we're on the same page with this like i get that it's like expositional dialogue (laughs) is expositional but also really you really you really have to do this like clearly she was connecting the dots last episode and then you get her doing this whole like dumb connie is dumb bit this whole time and she was there three episodes ago when they learned about the original Israelites and yeah. there two episodes ago for small fires, little pools where Jack is talking about a good gang. Yeah. Um, and then yet again, Connie's like, what are the Israelites? What's this random huh? acts of goodness? Yeah. What? Where have I heard that before? It's like, yeah. Uh, uh, come on just be better i know just just write her a little better just be like ah that makes sense and then explain it you know give it the official thing uh this is when we yeah. learn that um erica charles and courtney are also in the gang yeah um, all all odyssey kids that we know from the yeah. era of the show uh courtney vincent um i think is the only one we've actually talked about in in our coverage uh, but Erica Clark and Charles Thompson also exist. Confirmed. They do exist. Um, well, like, I, I think it's cool that they're not just dropping names. random names. Because they could say any name. Yeah. Like, you remember that one episode of Novacom where there are two kids fighting at um, at the, the, the Novacom Kids Center? And yep. it's like, Tad... And, like, Buster, and they're beating each other up. And, and Wit's like, hey, Tad and Buster, stop doing that. And they're like, <laughs> okay, Wit. And we never know. We've never seen these kids before. We're just supposed to assume that they're people that Wit knows. Yep. Um, whereas this is like, no, we're going to name people that actually exist in the show. Well, and it, it's good because it plays along with their characters. Like, ah, these are good kids, and they're in the good gang. Yeah. You know. And then, uh, then we get the whole, like, you know, Lucy being like, why didn't you tell about this or tell us about this? And, uh, is it, is it Billy or Sam? Who's like, you know, we can't talk about it. And me having impact, impeccable and unintentional, uh, timing and watching movies before I prep for these, I watched fight club. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so the only thing I think of was like first, first rule of fight club. Nobody talks about fight club. Right. That is rule number one. And rule number one of the Israelites is also nobody talks about Fight Club. Yep. Um, that is a, not, not a uh, Odyssey appropriate movie. No, it's and, R-rated. Uh, There's quite a bit be, of language and nudity. We should, be, we should be yelled at for even mentioning its name. True. That's my bad. My bad, Chalk Squad. Ask your parents <laughs> before watching Fight Club. And, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, really, they totally could have just told them. It really yeah. makes a lot of sense for them to have been involved. We we had this discussion last episode. Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah, it's... I don't know. <laughs> Israelites... It's, it's no wonder that they disbanded. <laughs> Spoiler alert oh, for the end yeah. of the episode. Yeah. Watch out. Um, But yeah, their whole thing is like, ah, yeah, we don't let outsiders know oh we also find out in this scene that even in this modern day incarnation of the israelites that includes grown man billy mcpherson um 
the Israelites are still wearing Old Testament clothes? Yeah. Yeah, no, that is special. (laughs) I'm like, why? Why? Because we learned earlier that, like, it started out as a group that, like, reenacted Bible stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's like they've been brought back. There was a box in the corner of Wit's workshop that was just, like, you know, Bible costumes, and they dusted it off, and they put on their their sandals and their their tunics and whatever. I just love that Jack has brought this group back from the dead so that they can combat the Bones of Wrath, which are breaking windows and sprinklers, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what, you know what our group needs? To help costumes. them, costumes. Well, I get Let's like get the whole like they're superheroes, you know. Togas with sandals. Yeah. Well, I guess you know it sets them apart. If anybody were to see them, they would know that like nobody sees those people running around and thinks, you know, those are a gang of bad people. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's um, so funny to me. Um, also, I'm like. Because, like, Car- like it's canon. Erica and Courtney are apart, and now also Connie and Lucy. It's like, are they wearing, like, dresses? Oh, like, they must be. They're- so they're running around yes, countering yes. vandalism in dresses that are, like, dragging on the ground. Like, and they're just- definitely wearing either sandals or they're barefoot. <laughs> like, it's just so funny in my mind. It's, it's a powerful image. Especially with, like you know, won't graduate high school for another, like, two years, Connie Kendall. Um, But, and Billy McPherson, who is, like, college-aged. Yeah, no, this is a grown man with presumably, like, a dad bod. And (laughs) he's probably, like, the one shirtless guy with a sash around his waist. Oh, my word. I'm thinking Sinbad-esque. It's so funny to me. Um, so, so, yeah, so we kind of just talked about it but connie and lucy uh do um enthusiastically accept um joining the uh the israelites yep and then we get uh what the um we get a phone call from doug yeah from doug uh late at night what is he waiting to be picked up yeah, he calls he calls somebody. We it's only it's only we only hear half of the phone call. One sided. Um and uh it's Doug talking to somebody asking to be picked up and he's like I don't know, I assume at the gazebo in mm-hmm. the in the park. Well, he's at a phone booth, but Yeah. in McAllister Park. Um and uh yeah, he uh he 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 calls that there are and tells the police so he hangs up that call um, and calls the police and says that there are seven kids throwing eggs and tomatoes at the memorial Mm -hmm. Um, and then he's still on the phone he's like they just ran off oh and now there are other kids show up and they're like cleaning it up they look like a gang of arabian janitors yeah no he says it looks like the cast of lawrence of arabia (laughs) (laughs) that's right um and he's like, he hangs up on the police to call Odyssey Times. Yeah, he's times. like, hey, I gotta go. I need to call the Odyssey Times. This is a great story. And I'm like, like, wait a minute. Okay, rule number one of being on the phone with the police. You don't hang up until they tell you to. Right. Come on, Focus. Do a better job teaching kids phone or police phone etiquette. But also, it's as though... It's, a, <laughs> it's as though, like... They're going to patch him in live to the news, so yeah. he has to be reporting it, like, as it happens. And yeah. you can't just call them up afterwards and be like, look, so here's what happened. Okay, He's like, also, yo, I gotta, give, I gotta give Dale Jacobs the play-by-play at 11 o'clock at night in McAllister Park. From a phone booth. Presumably right. from a distance. Yep. Also, okay, why did the Bones of Wrath run off? Because they seem to be mildly startled. Yeah, the way he said it did make it sound like they were, like, chased off. Yeah. But, 
Which but makes me think that they're like, like the Israelites are like riding in like the end of Karate Kid with like a boombox just like blaring, right. you know, kumbaya with their, you know, yeah. Well, I think and that's stuff. definitely, I think that's the image they want to paint, but that's not the story we're being given. No, then that's the thing. We're, and it's also and like, so maybe it's, it's inconsistent the... with the bones. Like if somebody was going to show up, yeah. they would challenge them, right? Like if it they wasn't would. the well, police. And they don't know that. Like, Rodney doesn't know that anyone cleaned up that night. It's not like when they were going to torch the baseball field and the police chased them off. Yeah. Um, So it sounds like maybe they just decided, like, all right, we've done a lot of damage. We just get out of here before we get caught. And then the other people, the the Israelites, showed up and cleaned everything up. So... now is probably the best time for me to get into the the, the logical fallacies of the Israelites' battle yeah, plan. I I was su- gonna suggest similar. Like, so their whole thing is they're like countering the vandalism. Uh huh. But that is the and and they're countering the vandalism because they know what's gonna happen before it happens because they have Butch on the inside. Right. But the most valuable member of their team is Butch, who's on the inside, right? Right. Like he's the one that's getting all the intel. So the right. most important thing for them is to not know that Butch is on the inside. But exactly right. what they're doing is leading them to know that oh yes that they have a mole. So yep. like. Yeah, Why if wouldn't Jason they just were do... running things, this wouldn't have happened. Exactly, exactly. Why but... wouldn't they do random acts of kindness, like, the day after? Or something right. like that. Right. That would be good. Or the they other could just thing... do other things that are completely unrelated. Right, right, right. It's like, the Israelites should not be... And the episode kind of winds up making this point by the end. Mm-hmm. But they should not be engaging in combat with the Bones. What they should be doing is creating a sense of security around Odyssey just in doing things not to counter but to offset. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like they shouldn't be doing things in direct response to, but instead be spreading goodwill while the bones spread bad. And also, by having Butch on the inside, they should just call the cops. Yeah. They did it when the field was being torched. But like, when the field well, and they had torched, a pretty good, the they cops, had a pretty good. The cops stayed on the outside mm-hmm. and scared the bones off. But if the cops would hide and like do like a a proper sting, and the bones come in and they start doing things, and the cops step out of the shadows and arrest all of them for egging and tomatoing the place, it solves. All the problems that this episode then brings forward. Yeah. Every one of them. Yep. Solved. Like that. Yeah. And even if they don't, they already have the cover of, well, they're stepping up their patrols, and, like, this is a public park. Like, Right, exactly. It makes like, sense. It doesn't implicate Butch. Yeah. That they're, they, 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 they catch them. Mm-hmm. It just shows that the police are competent, which is what we want to show here. Yep. But uh, that's that's all apparently besides the point. That's too easy. So we then go to Bart. Bart and Rodney basically talking about the Israelites countering them and the fact that it gets to the news. And then the boss finds out. And Rodney's like, oh, the boss knows. And he's like, well, yeah, you read about it in the paper. And... Uh, <laughs> Yep, he's, and, he wasn't too happy, and he's sending yep. he's sending someone to take things over. And Somebody else is gonna run my gang. It's really good. Thanks. Um, and then I didn't uh, practice that one. And then uh, and then uh, right on cue, Jellyfish steps in, hey. and explains that he is Jellyfish, yep. and he's gonna run things now. Yep, and then he's just a jerk. Well, but also Rodney and Bart are idiots. Yeah, I know. Basically, he comes in and is like the, uh, what? He's like the wolf equivalent from Pulp Fiction, which is a reference I'm sure all of our yeah, listeners well, will get. Yeah, he, he's, he's the fixer. <laughs> yeah. Like, these people don't know what they're doing and screwed up, and mm-hmm. he's here to straighten it all out for the boss. Um, the boss. And, yeah, the boss. 
who could that be? Um, and then uh, I haven't seen the cover art for this album, so I'm very unsure. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and so uh, Jellyfish is like, all right, Bart, I booked you a spot on the news. You're going to do a guest commentary. Rodney, you've got a mole, and we're going to deal with that. Um, yeah, well, and the thing is, and how, and then we get the whole, like, Connie, but it's Rodney bit, where Rodney's like, yeah, it's like they're reading our minds. <laughs> and, like, and it's like, yeah. it's so, I mean, he is so oblivious, obviously. I get it. But, like, how long it takes for Jellyfish to get through to him that he has a mole uh-huh. is so painful i'm like oh my lord couldn't you just just say it like why you gotta pad the runtime here yep because we gotta establish that rodney is bad at his job yep which once again i would like to inform everyone rodney's job is organized crime being run by children yeah and now being run by jellyfish yep an adult man has come to a small town and taken over a gang of kids in order to cause chaos. Yep. This is the world that we are living in. Yeah, no, no. I or mean, listening in. Well, we, I'm. he's, you know, he's a counter to, a, or he's a foil to Billy. I mean, it kind of makes sense. But also, like, Billy doesn't make a whole lot of more sense either. In the sense that, I mean, yeah, he was a part of the original one, but, like, why yeah although i guess you could say it was a ministry opportunity for um jack okay okay i mean i can i can (laughs) defend that a little bit but it's still very strange and very uncomfortable these are gang i mean like they say it in the promo this is gang warfare done by children (laughs) done by children organized by adults Yep. Like, that's the part that sticks out the most. The motto for too... every single birthday party I have been to as a child. <laughs> it's just, it's like, yeah, if it was if it was just kids getting into each other's business, fine. But this is like, it's Jack Allen versus mysterious person in the background using Billy McPherson and Jellyfish as intermediates with a bunch of kids. Yeah. No, it, it's not good. It's really not good. And, like, obviously I get it. Like, It's wi- a kid's when, show. We understand. It's a kid's show. And also, like, the fact that kids are involved makes it more likely for there to be a, unnecessary and, you know, uh, yeah, a plot-moving conflict. Like, you're right. Yep. But also, really? Um, and so then we get the news, the newscaster transition, yeah. our, our favorite yeah. transition on the show. I say completely unironically. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Bart Rathbun pops up on the TNV mm-hmm. to talk about uh, how, the, uh, how the, this poor economy is driving people to vandalism. Yep. And we get, uh, we get him when he begins with him being like, uh, well, I guess you're wondering why I'm wearing this nice suit and handkerchief. What? Is he wearing a bandana? Is he wearing it around his neck? No, he's just got, he's got a pocket square. But pocket square and handkerchief are not the same thing. It's Bart Rathbun. Yeah, I get it, but also... <laughs> or maybe he's just like one of those people in like the old-timey movies standing out at the, out of the corner of the street just waving his handkerchief. Yeah. There's a boat leaving, and he's just waving it but you know, i'm imagining like, a sort of like old western but like oddly dressed up situation where he has it like you know tied real tight and it's around his neck oh and yeah uses it to keep cool right and then can bring it up to block his face when he wants he when he wants to heist yep um and so he <laughs> we get the sh- the self-promotion bit yeah i, I love always it. good he's just like none of this is none of this happened before tom was mayor yep yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but don't you think that it's funny that none of this was happening before Tom Riley was mayor? Yep. It's good. It once again, it And then I, he says I, I'm done. Yeah. Let, let I like I didn't make a note of that on my notes, but it made an impact on me like spiritually for him to be like, "Okay, I'm done now." I kept expecting him to be like, oh, and there's a sale at the Electric Palace and blah, 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 yep. blah. 
and then get like shuffled off. Yeah. But no. Um. The, the the thing the thing that I think is interesting here is just Odyssey being like, uh, we've done too much Bart on uh on the Brian Dern show. We gotta switch it up and and throw him at this other random news show. Yeah. Which that was also one of those things where I was deeply questioning it. I was like, wait a second, why would they let Bart on the news? Well, and like the guy goes out of his way to be like, uh, this place doesn't uh represent any of our. Uh, yeah. feelings uh, towards anybody. Uh, this doesn't represent the station in any way that could be conceived of as bad. Uh, we're just giving voice to a lunatic, and that's a good thing. I'm, you know, Link Wainwright, Channel 10 News. What, whatever whatever the dude is. Yeah, uh, it was... I don't know. And Well, then you get the whole bit of Bart being like, okay, how do I take this off? Yep. <laughs> Which... Because he sounded too intelligent before. Yeah. We needed to remind everybody that he is a buffoon. Right. The biggest. Um, and then we get uh, Jellyfish meeting the Bones. Yep. And we get his kind of uh, plan to hit, was it, to hit Wit's End. Yeah. Um, we get a he... little bit of a dialogue where, um, you know, Rodney's introducing him and he's like, oh, this is you know, a fine group of young gentlemen. And Roddy's like, oh, really? And he's like, no. I could find better material to work with inside my shoe. Yeah. Which, ouch. Yeah. But also children, you know. Right. Well, and so Jellyfish has been in town for a day, and he somehow figured out that the Israelites are connected to Wit's End, but he doesn't know who they are. Well, assuming he's sent by the boss, right? It's just, it's complete, I don't know, it's so funny to be like, yeah, we're going to hit wit's end, because I figured out that that's the place that the Israelites are connected to. But also, I don't know anything more about the Israelites than that they <laughs> happen to be connected to the soda shop. What is the connection? I don't and know. Discovery I'm Emporium. not going to tell you. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just this whole scene. Is Jellyfish just being a jerk to the Bones, and I do not understand why the Bones feel inclined to follow him. I yeah, realize well, that okay, the so whole this reason whole, this started this, his is, because, is because Rodney, Rodney had, like, Bart, because of the deal for the Electric Palace, got roped into this, and then roped Rodney into it. Like, I get that. And so Rodney roped in the Bones, and it made sense. Like, they're a gang that causes ruckus, they want to do that. You, Rodney's just going to do it with a little bit more purpose than normal. But now this outsider's showing up to run things, and they're all just like, "Yeah, sure, we'll mm-hmm. go to the movies." That sounds that sounds like something we would do. Well, they're also children, and like this is presumably a fairly scary man. Yeah. So I guess there might be some intimidation true. factor of like, uh. This guy already doesn't like us. He's been sent by higher up. I mean, they don't even really know that, presumably, the Bones. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the plan is to hit wit's end. Butch pushes back. He's like, wait, why are we doing that? Like, what does it prove? And he's like, you know, there's two things you need to know if you want to work with me. Rule number one, don't question me. Rule number two, nobody questions me. Yep. And, uh, and if he did that bit. If he didn't sound so much... Like Ben Shepard, I would really like what he's doing in this scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no. unfortunately, it's just I Ben Shepard. Tainted by the fact that he sounds just like Ben Shepard. Um. And so, uh, the next scene is Butch filling Sam in on yep. all that. Uh, filling in Sam, not filling yeah. salmon. Um, <laughs> on everything that just transpired. Um, and Sam's like, why do they call him Jellyfish? And Butch says, maybe he's slimy or a good swimmer or something. Are jellyfishes slimy? I don't think so. I, They're I also think... not really good swimmers. It was just really funny to me. Yeah, that was the, like, that was a thing that really, like, like maybe he stings hard. Maybe yeah. uh, there was a, co- a covert operation and he got stung and he had to pee on himself and it was embarrassing and the <laughs> nickname stuck. Like, like I'm... 
Yeah. I, it's the it's, fact that it, it was great. the name of a band makes a lot of sense from the writer's perspective, but I am deeply curious about the like Odyssey universe as to how right. he got that nickname. But wait, like, who is the what's the guy who wrote the books about Black the Blackguard saga? What? That Phil reached Lawler. out to us? Phil Lawler. Okay. Phil Lawler. If there is information about Jellyfish's name's backstory in the books, I will buy them and read them. They they haven't gotten to Jellyfish yet. The one coming out this fall will cover way late in the Windy City. Oh. So. Okay. Eventually. Well. Eventually, I hope we get a whole a whole book that's just Jellyfish's origin story. Um, <laughs> Starts as him as a young lad. If you want to send us free material. My- promotional material phil waller we will cover it um oh yeah (laughs) emphasis on the free right um so uh it's at this point that that sam starts to for the first time try and talk butch out of spying here yeah Um, well and and basically he's like the whole thing like how the conversation progresses is we get you know the boss uh butch brings up the boss and Sam's like, oh my gosh, this is higher up than even Rodney. Like, this is more than just, you know, the Bones of Wrath being bad people. This is organized crime. Right. And then Sam is then concerned because obviously Butch is caught between the two of them. And yep. and that is like, a, that is the right response, I think, from Sam. Like, yeah, you should be worried. Like, clearly this guy is smart. You can't bank on Rodney's stupidity anymore. Like, you, you <laughs> yeah. gotta go for that it. That is quite the thing to bank on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then and then we get the whole bit of, uh, you know, Butch being like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you were always such a worry wart. You know, you were the only kid in third grade who uh, stayed inside during recess because you were afraid of the effects of global warming. Thank you which... for also writing that down because that is a wild line. Yeah, I, I didn't write it down, but I did do have it memorized <laughs> <laughs> you're a better man than i yeah uh not really but i have listened i've listened to this episode multiple times despite my lack of knowledge of the plot <laughs> um and uh yeah which i again like why global warming would affect recess i get scary article ozone layer you're was he child. reading like the equivalent was he 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 got I'm, on what is it called? What's uh, Alex Jones' new, news network called? Uh, Infowars. Yeah, 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 yeah. He definitely read an Infowars article. I was gonna I was gonna say he read something from Nat Geo Kids, but oh, that that works too. I feel like Infowars is like global warming doesn't exist. You're stupid if you believe in it. That's like I true. feel like that's their stance. Not hide inside during recess because global warming's a thing. That is fair. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so I do yeah. appreciate the Infowars reference. Anytime. I mean, whenever I think of something radical. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's actually fair. more so just conspiracy theories, but you know. Yeah. Um, right. Which global warming is not for the nope, record. Nope. That is nope. not what Andrew's saying. And if it is, I'm kicking him off this Zoom call. Nope. Nope. I'm certainly a pro the existence of global warming. Not that it's a good thing, but <laughs> it definitely does exist. <laughs> <laughs> i'm rooting for the ozone layer you get it girl <laughs> layer on layer like a tiramisu uh, the views okay. of andrew sabo do not represent the wadman shark <laughs> i should i should put that in our bio um, <laughs> Look, only one of our hosts matters in this show. Yep. The opinion of the other one is very irrelevant. It's true, and it's 90% of the time wrong, so... Oof. Uh, so the I'm next... the palest color commentator out there. <laughs> so the, the, next, the next scene is Jellyfish losing his crap because Rodney went to a hardware store and bought spray paint. Yeah, and Rodney is once again a complete idiot and doesn't understand why this was a problem. Yeah, and it's so funny. It is funny, but also like if he paid with cash, what are they gonna do? Check the security footage? Well, it's a small town. Everybody knows who he is. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. 
His dad is Bart Rathbun. But where was where else was he gonna get the spray paint? I I think I think what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to find the kid whose lunch money you normally steal and you bully him into buying the spray paint for you. Ah, you know, that's some jellyfish thinking right there. Right, that, that's what I'm saying. Is uh, jellyfish did nothing wrong, and that's who I'm modeling my life after going forward. <laughs> exactly. The uh, the Completely opinions inerrant. of Dylan Weaver do not represent the opinions <laughs> of the Wadfam Chalkpot. <laughs> the Wadfam Chalkpot is a, a separate entity from <laughs> both of us. <laughs> and its opinions do not reflect the opinions of Focus on the Family. <laughs> there it is. Don't um, distance ourselves too much. We need to get official sponsorship. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's at this point, then, that um, Sam bikes by going a million miles an hour because it's an yep. audio show and we have to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and this gets Rodney's attention, and he's like, oh, we stole that kid's bike, and now it's back. And Jellyfish is like, huh, interesting. Does he have any friends who are in the bones? And Rodney's like, no, of course not. He just used to be friends with Butch. But that couldn't at all be what, what you're referring to. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gotta love Rodney. Um, yeah, you do. You really do. The, the sad thing is that, like, when he got smart in the Novacom series, I was genuinely happy for him. <laughs> Like, when he got brainwashed into being a smart person, I was like, oh my gosh. When he I was, like Rodney. When five years from now, he was still a kid terrorizing other kids? Yeah, I mean, but presumably he had made it up at least two grades by then. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the most realistic part of the Odyssey timeline. Um, <laughs> is I- Rodney... <laughs> Rodney getting he is by far the least realistic no no I'm saying Rodney getting held back in school makes the whole timeline make sense now yes 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 (laughs) Connie can't be held back in school because she's got to become valedictorian of her graduating class maybe her story is one of uh, rags to riches she got held back eight times (laughs) But then she did the best senior year that could be done. Yeah, um, I mean, on her third try, Algebra 2 finally stuck. <laughs> oh. No hate for anybody in the Wadfam Chalk Squad who had to take <laughs> Algebra 2 three times. <clears throat> I escaped that class with a B, and I am don't know how. <laughs> he is don't know how. Um, And so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I need a shirt that says that. I am don't know how. <laughs> That's my that Halloween costume. That actually works with the break in there, though. Like, I am don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how I exist, but I do. <sighs> That's the part they edited out of the Bible when uh, Moses was talking to God. It's like, I am, I am. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh we are gonna get some hate over that joke uh, <laughs> the point is it's a joke <laughs> the bible is serious <laughs> i, know I love that. you chalk squad please and don't you know crucify that. me <laughs> oof good choice of words there andrew <laughs> well you know you gotta stay with it this is why we can't record at night um, <laughs> we used to do this a lot um yeah <laughs> so then no wonder we had fewer listeners oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so then the other thing jelly jellyfish explains is that all the bones are gonna go to the theater then yep. he butch and rusty are gonna sneak out and hit oh sorry they're, they're at the theater now mm-hmm. and he Butch and Rusty are going to sneak out to hit the Harlequin. Mm-hmm. This giving them an alibi that they're there. And mm-hmm. he's switching to the Harlequin because the mole would have communicated wit's end. Yep. Um, and he also, um, well, no, no, no. I guess, I guess the next thing is the bones in the theater. Yep. Making jokes at the screen while champ happens. 
So, uh, courtesy of the incredible Adventures in Odyssey, the official guide, uh, we have the entire script from this scene, some mm-hmm. of which you can hear in the background, most of which you really can't. Um, and Andrew and I are going to act it out here. For okay, you. so are you a manager or, or am I manager? Um, who has the better Stallone impression? It's great. It's great. <laughs> just, just make it sound. I gotta like you're... go the distance. Yeah. Okay. It's you. Just make okay. it sound like you're gargling marbles and you're good. Um, I gotta go. <laughs> all right. So to start things off, rock. I gotta go the distance and prove I can still fight. You're crazy. I gotta do it for my kids. For crying out loud, champ. They're married and have their own kids. You can't. They can fend for themselves. You've proved yourself to them. Now you gotta move on. To what, Mick? I can't do nothing but box. I don't know nothing else. I know it is. Yeah, I know. You're gonna put me in a nursing home, aren't you? Oh, Rock. You you don't want me back in the ring because it'll prove I can take care of myself. I'm not doubting that you can take care of yourself. Oh, yes, you are. And I'm going to prove it to you. You don't have to, Rock. I'm going to do 50 sit-ups right here in front of you. (laughs) Oh, Rock, you don't have to do that. No, you don't believe me. Rock gets on the floor. (laughs) Hold my feet. Okay, if it'll make you feel better. After a long while and much struggling... One. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should have actually gone for the Foley work there, Andrew. For the what? For the Foley work. You should have actually gotten on the floor. Oh, I was going to. I I was very, very interested in committing to the bit there. I mean, I suppose I can do it in retrospect if they want to hear. It's fine. I just wow. I love I love when Odyssey gets the chance to to do this sort of thing. It's so ridiculous. Okay, so the premise of this movie, right? Old boxer can't do it anymore. I get it. You want right. to put him in a nursing home. So we get geriatric boxing. Okay. Geriatric boxer says he will prove himself by doing 50 sit-ups right here in front of you. I also I really I really hope that this interaction here causes editors of the AIO wiki to change the credit from champ and champ's manager to rock and Mick. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes, please. I mean, we don't have access to edit the wiki. (laughs) And if we did, would we? Um, only in this instance, would I I actually feel strong enough about it. (laughs) Oh. All right. So Butch then goes to make a call. Correct. And he uh, sneaks gets out of the theater and is gonna and is pulling up, grabbing the phone books that he can mm-hmm. call Wits End to inform them that they are no longer gonna hit there and they're gonna go to the Harlequin instead. And Jellyfish shows up and does like mob boss intimidation on him. Yeah, he's like, "Who are you gonna call? Why are you calling?" Ghost him? And he's Busters. like, "Oh, I didn't tell." <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh, but yeah, so he's gonna uh, he's gonna call his parents, and he's like, "Oh, how very uh, conscientious of you! Uh, your parents must be very proud." And then he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go back to the movie now." And he's like, "Yeah, I think that's a good idea." Yep. And, and then, um, uh, the next morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Then it's uh, what the Connie, Sam, and Billy, right? Yep. And it's. Oh, and is Lucy there too, probably? Yeah, probably. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, Connie's like, yeah, more damage than ever was done at the Harlequin. Um, and they're like, well, can we just arrest the Bones? And they're like, well, the Bones had an alibi being at the movie theater last night. And Weren't Billy's, they at the library at some point? That's that's the next alibi, Andrew. Oh, that is the next when, alibi. So, so, yeah, Billy's like, Oh, like he starts to piece together that this is like jellyfish's thing and yeah. he goes to talk to Butch and Butch is like, no, I love doing this. It doesn't matter to me that it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like I 
like it's the only time I felt good. Yeah. Um, and no, isn't it Sam who goes to Butch? Oh no, no, Sam goes to Butch later. Oh no, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. It is Sam going to Butch. That's absolutely my fault. I called Sam Billy. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he's basically like, you know, they they know that Butch. They know about Butch basically. Right. And um. And he's like, yeah. well, why don't Billy, you? Billy why don't you just go back to out. being in the bones, uh, like you were before, and like not thinking about anything and he's like well things are different now yep. and it's a i mean it's a very good character moment for bush yeah like i, I really yeah. like that um for him yep and then and... uh immediately after jellyfish finds butch walking in the woods and the bones beat him like crazy yeah they uh they they beat the snot out of him yep he gets a black eye and a bruised and uh and messed up nose and bruises and sam goes yeah sam goes to see him and Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't want to come to the door because he doesn't want him to know that he got beaten up yeah and that's when sam cat or uh billy (laughs) butch catches sam up about how the bruises happened uh one thing of note in this catch-up um he says the 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 bruises on my body were a group effort, and uh, my new band name is Group Effort Bruises. Just so you know. Okay. Um, Good to know. It will be on SoundCloud. It will be like sad bedroom music for when you're crying. All right. I look forward to it. Yep. So. Um. And then Bush has what I think is a really good quote talking to Sam here, where he. Mm-hmm. He he seems to have done a complete 180 from the previous scene in which mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to continue doing this, even though it's dangerous. And he says to Sam, you don't seem to understand something, Sam. These guys are serious and dangerous. You're not just doing good deeds around the city anymore. You're in a war. Yeah. And which I don't understand as to how it took Butch getting the snot kicked out of him for them to realize that. But, you know. Yeah, but it did. And uh, and then uh, we find out that Butch explained this to his parents. His parents then went and, and explained to the police mm-hmm. and then came and yelled at Jack. And Jack yep. has shut down the Israelites. We yep. don't actually hear Jack in this episode, which I thought was interesting. But, yeah, uh, he is mentioned quite a bit. Yep. Um, the other thing is that the Bones had an alibi for beating up um, right. Uh, right. Butch because they were, you know witnesses of them being at the library right and it's just another one of those like oh they're at the library everybody who knows them knows that they you know wouldn't intentionally be at the library yep but but yeah and then yeah so basically the episode goes out on uh you know the israelites have disbanded the bones of wrath have won it's true that's that's it that's all she wrote yeah Oof. That's yeah. a doozy of an episode. It really is. It's episode does not pull punches, pun intended. Yeah. Um, nor does it pull sit-ups. Nope. Um, <laughs> well, I suppose it is one. But... <laughs> um, I don't even really know. Like, it's good. I, I don't really know where it goes from here, though. Yeah, it's... I like that it's an episode that shows the consequences of what's going on it is another good step in the escalation of all this stuff yeah um but it does also feel like a lot of this could have maybe been avoided with slightly better guidance yeah well and i like it because it 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 kind of it shows that the good guys still get hurt and the good guys are still fallible you know yeah like, I think oftentimes, especially in, in you know, fiction for kids, there's there's kind of a, well, the good guys are good, and they win because they're good. And, you know, I mean, presumably, like, the bad guys don't win in the end, but also, you know, really, at the end of this episode, the Israelites are disbanded, and Butch got completely wrecked. And... Yeah, there is an unfortunate little bit that by characters talking to Butch and saying, hey, get out of this, you're in over your head, and then him proceeding anyways, it makes for a, well, our characters, Jack and whatnot, 
aren't at fault here. Jack and Billy, they did the best they could, and they did the right thing by shutting it down, but they're kind of victims in that they shouldn't have been forced to shut it down because this was Billy kind of going against what, they're, what they wanted. Yeah, and it's <sighs> stupid because if they had done it better and if they had actually protected Butch, yeah, like, in any sense, like... Yeah, the whole point of a mole is that they don't understand that he's there, and it was incredibly telepathic that he was there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not not a not a great job. Hashtag Jason should have been there. Yeah. Um, hashtag Jason should have been there. I don't think we can get it at trending on Twitter, but you know, I'll try. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the discussion questions are honestly just kind of stuff we've been hitting on. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really worth going through them this week. Um, Do we have any uh, iTunes reviews or anything like that? We haven't gotten any new iTunes reviews in a while. So if any of you listening would like to change that, uh, go ahead and, and and leave us one. If you, I'm actively checking U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. If you're from somewhere else and you leave us a review, we'd still love to read it. Um, but you're going to have to email or tweet at us to let us know where that review is because um, iTunes separates them all out. Also, if you leave a review on for us on a podcast player that isn't iTunes, you can also uh, let us know and we will um, talk about that or yeah. read, read your review or whatever because we do want to acknowledge five-star reviews because that is a huge um compliment and favor that you're doing um doing us so yeah um, it's uh, genuinely very nice i don't know yeah i appreciate it a lot yeah we're not uh we're not we're just doing this show out of out of fun and and joy and i don't know getting to hear about about its yeah relatively small impact but still like it's it's just a nice way to brighten up our weeks if you feel like it yeah, no, it really is. And we like making this show, and we love all the feedback, and honestly, being in, in the Adventures and Odyssey community has been nice. Yeah, it it's, has. You know, it's, not always, it's not always sunshine and rainbows for us, but it's, uh, I, enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot, and yeah. Yeah. I, I love making this podcast, so. Me too. Speaking um, of podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to do your plug, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, I would I would love to because for once in my life, I have something to promote. Um, so <laughs> the fabled My Scrub soundtrack uh, podcast um, has, uh, has returned with an episode. It is everywhere that this podcast is. Um, it's covering the song Surrender by Cheap Trick as used in season one of Scrubs. Um, it's real good uh i mean it's like 15 minutes long um the episode's real good it's it's short it's digestible it's just me talking about it um a little bit of my own personal experience of the show a little bit of a episode synopsis um but yeah it's it's a lot of fun to make um my goal is to put them out every thursday and yeah um hopefully there'll be a link in the show notes um i will make sure there is yeah, uh, it's a, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, there's another like the the main characters of Scrubs, uh, the actors Zach Braff and Donald Faison started their own like rewatch podcast of Scrubs, and that kind of inspired me to to start mine back up again since I have a lot of time at home. So it's a good podcast for the quarantine because it's just you. Yep, it's that that is exactly why I'm making it and uh <laughs> it's it's real short, so even if you want to throw it a pity listen, I appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. Not much of a commitment. And then uh and then my plug is not actually a plug for me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh folks on the family during this uh time of of the of the coronavirus has a uh has a new site up called focus at home um okay that I am is not aware of this that is distributing a, a selection of their content for free um uh for families and stuff but also anybody can do it you don't need an account um it's literally just a site you go to and they have episodes of adventures and odyssey up 
They have audiobooks for the first Blackard book, as well as some of the Imagination Station books. Um, and they also, um, of which I am a big fan, have two of the episodes of, or sorry, not, sorry, not two, all three of the audio episodes of The Last Chance Detectives. Um, oh, man. Yeah, they are, it's three hour, hour and a half episodes. Um, I think they're really good. And at some point, that might be a thing that we cover. Um, they're available on the AIO Club, and currently they're available for free via Focus at Home. Um, so go check that out. That yeah. was a really, really long plug for something that I do not gain at all personally from. But uh, that I is care funny. about you guys, apparently. And this yep. is how I chose to show it this episode. I I support it. All right. Um, any uh, Anything else you want to hit on today, Andrew? No, I think I'm, I'm pretty well plum tuckered out. Yeah, me too. This has been uh, tiring. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next week. For episode 327, Moving Targets. Bye. Bye, guys. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Club. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Fan. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Gathering Thunder was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. <laughs>